Today on Hardwired. During the millennial time period, the thousand years, when he rules from Jerusalem, apparently the redeemed are going to be given, they're gonna have delegated to them responsibilities where they are ambassadors for the king and they are exercising kingly authority in his name. You are listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire, the founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Maybe you've noticed that our culture is pretty messed up these days, which makes people feel anxious and filled with questions. They want peace, but have a hard time finding it or making it last. Well, Pastor Jeff is going to share in the message today about how you can finally be filled with hope, security, and most importantly, that peace you're looking for. We know that you're going to enjoy the message, but you can also listen to it again or any of the messages anytime you would like at our website, hardwired.org. Let's get right to the message. Here's Pastor Jeff to tell us what's coming up today on Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, we're coming to the close of the incredible book, Revelation. I've really enjoyed this series, and I know you have too. We've been getting incredible feedback over it, and I'm so glad to be able to share God's Word with you. And today, we're going to be coming to really the way the whole Bible ends. You know, it began in the book of Genesis with a new world. And now we see in the book of Revelation, as the Bible is closed out, that we've got a new world coming again. God is gonna create new heavens and a new earth. And we're gonna look at that today and we can know this is how this planet is going to end and how life as we know it is going to come to a close with a new world coming. So let's jump right in. Now, last time we ended with a beautiful, glorious description of heaven. Think about this, there's gonna be streets of gold so pure they're transparent. Now that is purified gold. Gold that is so pure, it's transparent. All sickness, pain, sorrow, weeping, regret, guilt, all of it is gone. There's no more suffering bodily. Can you imagine that? How many of you have noticed the older you get, the more things hurt? As one preacher said, you get to the age where Either it hurts or it doesn't work, one or the other. But none of that, when we have our glorified bodies, none of that in heaven. All pain is gone. Isn't that glorious? Now, in the final chapter, chapter 22, John's going to tell us some more about the new Jerusalem. We're going to see some of the dimensions of it and so on and so forth. But let's just begin with some descriptions of where we're going. Now, as I read this, keep in mind, this is where you and I are going. This is where we're going to be one day. Okay? It's going to be this. So let's read, starting at verse 1. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. Now there's heaven. Now remember... When I read this, uh, you know, a river, water of life, clear as crystal. Remember that Jesus said when we believe in him, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living, life-giving water. 
Of course, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. But isn't it interesting that here in the New Jerusalem, the new city, the city that Abraham looked for, whose builder and maker was God, that city is going to have a river flowing through it. What is that old movie? A river runs through it. Isn't that a movie? Well, New Jerusalem, a river runs through it. But not like any earthly river, because any earthly river is as clear as it might be, it's still dirty. Not this one. It's going to be life-giving. Now I want you to notice verse 2. It flowed down the center of the main street. It struck me today, there's a main street in heaven. There's a main street. Well, let's put it this way. There's streets. Did you catch that? There's streets in the New Jerusalem. I never thought about that. I mean, there's going to be, I don't know, if avenues, drives, a boulevard. I don't know what they'll, if the, but this one, it's Main Street. There's a Main Street. <laughs> On each side of the river grew a tree of life. So flowing down the center of the Main Street is a river. And on the sides of this river are not singular tree of life, but plural trees of life on either side. And look what they're doing. They bear 12 crops of fruit. The understanding here is, it's not different kinds of fruit. It's the same fruit. There's 12 seasons where it produces a fresh crop each month. And it's got leaves. And the leaves are used for medicine to heal the nations. Now hold that thought, because I know what you're thinking. What do you need healing for? I thought everything was gone. I'm going to explain it. Think with me, though. It's called the tree of life, trees of life. In Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we see the first couple, Adam and Eve, banished from the Garden of Eden and blocked from being able to get to the tree of life. But here in Revelation, the last book of the Bible, there's access once again to the tree of life. Wow. Also, leaves from that tree heal the nations. Now, I'm going to let a commentator that I read sometimes named Barnes. Here's what he wrote about this. We are not to suppose there will be sickness and a healing process in heaven. That's not what it's saying. Because that is expressly excluded in Revelations 21, verse 4. The meaning is the life and health of that blessed world will have been imparted by partaking of that tree. And the writer says that, in fact, it was owing to the tree that they who dwell there had, past tense, been healed of their spiritual maladies and made to live forever. So there's not healing that happens in heaven, but there is healing that has taken place already, past tense, for those who have walked in there. They're healed. There's no more sickness. No more sorrow, no more pain. And I wonder if the tree of life is not symbolic of Christ. Just a thought. Now, no longer will there be a curse upon anything. For the throne of God, this is verse 3, and the Lamb will be there and his servants will worship him. Now, again, we go back to the beginning, Genesis. And God placed a curse on man, on woman, and on the devil. All right? And that curse has lasted all this time. And we're, still, we're seeing the effects of it now. The fact that we still have pain and diseases shows the effect of it now. But the day is coming when 
all of those curses, except what was put on the devil, will be lifted. If you read Romans 8, it says even the creation of God, and I love this because I love God's creation and I love the creatures that God made, that they long for, they groan, waiting for the revelation of the sons of God, that they would be delivered from futility and brought into the glorious liberty of the sons of God. In other words, the curse will be lifted off the animal kingdom, the marine kingdom, everything God made that was cursed, it's all going to be lifted. No more curse on anything for the throne of God and of the lamb will be there. So no more cursed ground, no more thorns and thistles. Man will no more be forced to earn his bread by the sweat of his brow. Amen. Woman will no longer experience pain in childbirth. I've never experienced that, but I've been in the room. <laughs> and I found that you don't say much. You don't try to give advice. And I also learned real quick, Lamaze goes right out the window. <laughs> come on, honey, breathe, you know, come on. The way, and you hear things and experience things that you know, I need to shut up and just pray for my wife. The homes of the blessed will nowhere be cursed by sickness, sorrow, tears, no more caskets, no more goodbyes, no more looking at the body of a loved one and they're not really there. No more. Gone. Verse four, listen to this. And they will see his face and his name will be written. Look at this. On your forehead, on to every man an answer. I was on tonight, by the way, broadcasting from our brand new, beautiful studio. Yeah, it was beautiful. Probably at least every second or third show, we'll get the call. Somebody wanting to know about the Mark of the Beast. And we got one tonight. Of course, the Mark of the Beast, we've been over. It's, it's really, uh, you, you've sold out to the beast system. You've submitted to the beast system. Somebody wisely put it, before you ever get the mark, your heart has already gone there with the beast, Antichrist and his system that is evil. And so where does the mark go? Back of your hand or your forehead? What does it mean? It's a mark of ownership. Because the Bible says, once you get that mark, it's over. It's toast for you. Don't ever want that mark. Okay? Because there's no coming back from it. That's what it, it seems to intimate in the book of Revelation. But it's a mark of ownership. But look how the devil counterfeited what God does. Because when we go to heaven, we're going to get marked. His name on our forehead, it'll be, you are mine and I am yours. Amen? And there will be no night there, verse 5. No night, no need for lamps or sun. Where? In heaven, in the new Jerusalem, in the new world that is coming. There will be no night for the Lord God will shine on us. No sun, no moon, don't need any stars. It's going to be completely different. And the light we have will be exuding from, emanating from 
the face of the Lamb, the glory of God. Now, I want you to notice something. They will reign. Now, when it says they, it's talking about you and me. They, the redeemed, they, look what it says. They will reign forever and ever. Not just be there, but reign. Now, the word reign is translated from a Greek word that means to be king, to exercise kingly type power. Is that what we're going to do? Don't ask me to explain it because we know very little. We see through a glass darkly. Then we will see face to face, said Paul. But here's the deal. We are, Jesus said, for instance, in one place, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. Come into the kingdom. I will make you ruler over much. Before Pastor Jeff comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple of important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, hardwired.org. You'll find today's program along with all of Pastor Jeff's messages. There's a growing list of great things to check out at the site. So hop on over and check it out, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. And be sure to tell your friends about the program. We know you're being blessed by it. I'm sure your friends will be as well. We're here to reach as many people for the Lord as we can. So getting the word out will help us on this mission. And that's what this program is all about. And Pastor Jeff's back now for the conclusion of today's program. So what it tells me, of course, Jesus is king, but we're going to rule and reign somehow with him. Paul went so far as to say, we will judge angels. Let that roll around in your noggin for a couple of minutes. We will judge angels. What does that mean? I believe that with Christ, he's going to judge all things. And we will be there with him, reigning with him, judging angels during the millennial time period, the thousand years when he rules from Jerusalem. Apparently, the redeemed are going to be given, they're going to have delegated to them responsibilities where they are ambassadors for the king and they are exercising kingly authority in his name. Doing what? I don't know. I don't know. But it's got to be good. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Right? So these are things that, that are revelation. We don't know these things by discovery. Our carnal minds would never have discovered these things. The Bible is a book of revelation. We're studying the ultimate, the revelation. So it's coming by way of heaven to us. These are things we would not have known had God not revealed them. And so he's revealing to us, you're going to reign. And how long? Forever and ever and ever. You're going to reign. Faithful over little. What little? Whatever he gives you to do. Whatever he trusts you to do. Praying. Witnessing. Living for him. Bearing spiritual fruit. Uh, representing him. Being salt and light. Doing things for his glory and not ours. 
This Sunday, I'm going to talk about the power of good works. What it means to do good works and how they perfect your faith. So when you do a good work, a work, an action to the glory of God, for the glory of Christ in his name, and others are touched because of that, then you're going to reign with him. You've been faithful over little, the little things I told you to do. See, some of you think, well, he doesn't really notice me. He notices Pastor Jeff or some national evangelist or TV people, but not me. I'm just little old me in my little corner of the neck of the woods. And, you know, I, I pray a little bit. And I do my best to get by and reach people and pay the bills and be a good Christian. And you have a tendency and the devil will do this. The devil will undermine you to you in your mind. You won't know that it's him, but he'll try to tell you, you don't count. You don't matter. God's not watching you. Your prayers are not as important as some big shot. But here's the truth. He sees every little thing you do. Even if it's, listen, even if it's practical, even if it's, it seems to you inconsequential or to others around you inconsequential, but it's not. If you do it for his glory, it doesn't matter what humans see you. If he sees you, then you've been faithful over little. I'm going to let you reign over much. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The angel said to me, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. Now look at that word soon. Look at verse seven next. Look, I am coming, what? Soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. So what we're studying in the book of Revelation, if you study it, assimilate it, obey it, where it requires obedience, then blessed are you. There's going to be a blessing on you. Now, he says again, I'm coming soon. Another translation will say, I'm coming quickly. I'm coming quickly. Now, Words matter. And I want all of you to understand, Peter tells us, for instance, where we get the Bible, holy men of old were moved on by the Holy Ghost and wrote what the Holy Ghost moved them to write. It's not a, like automatic writing, like all of a sudden they came under a trance and they became like a separate wife and just began writing in some weird trance. No, the idea is they were born along like a breeze blows a sailboat. They were born along by the Holy Spirit and wrote what he moved on them to write. Now, the Holy Spirit gave them the words. That's why it says all scripture is given by Theonoustos, God breathed out. Okay? So when you see I'm coming quickly, it's taken from a Greek word that the Holy Spirit gave John. And the Holy Spirit doesn't make mistakes with words. So the word, because these skeptics read this and they go, wait a minute. John wrote that Jesus said, behold, I'm coming quickly. Well, that was 2000 years ago. Doesn't sound like very quickly to me. Skeptics jump all over this. I've had them come to me with it and say, how do you explain this? Because it's sure not suddenly. But the Greek word used here means 
not only without delay, like we would understand quickly, but by surprise, suddenly, by surprise. The Greek word he uses that we translate quickly or coming soon in the original language can mean two things, immediately or by surprise, suddenly. Well, that's in total keeping with Jesus' own description of his return. What did Jesus say about his return? Watch therefore, Matthew 24, 44. Watch therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you don't expect. So he's not talking about suddenly as in the next few minutes, but he's talking about in an unexpected thief in the night kind of way. Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief. That doesn't mean suddenly, it's describing how he comes, secretly, unexpectedly, when you're not looking for it. You know, a thief doesn't send you an email and say, hey, tonight I'm busting into your house and uh, I'll be there about 1.32. And thought you might want to know. No, no, the whole thing about a thief is they come secretly. They come unexpectedly. They want to take you by surprise. That's the idea. Second Peter 3.10, the day of the Lord will come like a thief suddenly. When you're not looking for it, when you're not expecting it, bang, and you're caught off guard. Have the fire fall on Sodom suddenly. Have the rain start in Noah's day. Suddenly, and in no time, they were drowning with no way out. So the meaning of quickly or coming soon means unexpectedly, unannounced, unanticipated by the world at large. Verse 8, I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, no, 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 don't worship me. This is an angel saying, I'm, I'm worshipable. I made that up. <laughs> Don't worship me. I'm just a servant of God. Okay? But worship the one who showed this to me. I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Say the next three words with me. Worship only God. Verse 10, then he instructed me, do not seal up the prophetic words in this book, John. Now here we go again, for the time is near. Verse 11, let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. Now, stop a minute. I know what you're thinking. Was God telling people to be wicked? If you're vile, keep on being vile. If you're wicked, keep on being wicked. That's what it says. No. As long as your heart beats, you could possibly be converted. So God would never say to a human being, well, hey, you're in up to your neck in sin, so just go ahead and live the rest of your life in it. God's never going to say that. I'll tell you who will say it. Satan will say it. Oh, I'm in so deep. I've messed up so much. God will never forgive me. I might as well sell out to sin. Satan will tell you that. 
But God will say, it's never too late. You can always repent. All right. So here's what the verse is saying. It's looking into the future after the consummation of all things and all the events described in the revelation that we've looked at. The 21 judgments are finished. The great white throne is done. Then here's what he's saying. Everything after that will be fixed and unchanging. Because after the great white throne judgment, if you're lost, you're in the lake of fire. We appreciate you listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Every program we do has one main thing in mind, and that's to share the hope and good news of Jesus Christ to people who need to hear this message and hardwire the teaching into their daily life. That's what this ministry is all about. So if you've been encouraged by the message, we would love to hear about it. Pick up your phone and give us a call at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. Or go online to our website at hardwired.org. And be sure to bookmark the web address to your favorites folder so you can come back often. Also, would you consider getting on board with us as a faithful ministry partner? Your valuable contribution makes a big difference to us in helping to get the message of the gospel out through this program to people everywhere. Your generosity along with this ministry is reaching people in a way that you may never have the ability to do on your own. So jump on board as a hardwired partner by calling us at 877-884-3111 or go online to hardwired.org, 877-884-3111 or hardwired.org. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you so very, very much. Have a great rest of the day and thanks for listening to Hardwired. Hardwired.